I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. It's not simply something you just pull on and everything is peachy keen and rosy and wonderful. That's not the point. That's not the promise. That shouldn't be your expectation. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 490, Gratitude Vignettes. And really, it's gratitude and vignettes. It is a series of vignettes, so we'll get there. But I wanted to pop back in pop back in, right? I need to pop back in. And I had planned to record a voiceover for today's Substack. The Substack comes out on Sunday and I tried a voiceover last week. Don't know that was a good thing today, a podcast, but it is based on that Substack. So I think there is a difference in In all of these things, there is a difference in reading, there is a difference in listening, but there's also a difference in listening to a voiceover and a podcast. But they're a little bit different because I'm just going to talk my way through this one and I will be reading some of the substacks. So that's going to happen. It is November and I always set you up for gratitude and gratitude tracking and gratitude projects and I hope you are doing all those things. I hope you're finding it comfortable and comforting and perspective altering. I hope you give yourself the grace to find the ways in which gratitude might be helpful. It is not always easy. It's not simply something you just pull on and everything is peachy keen and rosy and wonderful. That's not the point. That's not the promise. That shouldn't be your expectation. As with most things, you have to work at it and it's still not a magic cure for life, but it can give you new perspective and it can help you balance and it can give you moments where things seem good or okay or enough. And I think that is a lot of what it's about. And it doesn't mean that everything changes. But if you strip all of that away, you might wonder what you're left with. So you don't have a lot to lose by trying a little bit of gratitude. And November's a great time. I have been tracking gratitude this month. I don't know that I'm having the most powerful month ever. Don't know that that's happening, but I am writing. I'm writing for NaNoWriMo anyway, and part of what I'm writing does relate to these gratitude moments and reflections and vignettes day by day, and I'm posting those on the Substack. In the past, I have recorded those as podcasts, and it might be that I combine some of those into a show later this month. I don't know. 
I am tracking the gratitude and those are on the Substack, but they are for paid subscribers. It's really kind of a little private place that I'm stashing my gratitude tracking and log and reflection. And it gives me a little bit of accountability because I have some place that I am putting it where someone might see it. And it gives me just that little bit of rubric, that little bit of nudge. I'm very good and self-disciplined at lots of things when I am working on projects of my own, but sometimes that little bit of external scaffolding can make a difference. So those are there. And I think those of you who have access to them know that they're there. But for everyone else, it may very well be that they are shared in part in a podcast or in part later in a different post. So we'll see. Today, I am going to share probably most of the Substack. So I know that it seems like on the podcast, I talk about it a lot now, but they're very intertwined. And there's always the sense within me that I am duplicating things and that I am repeating things because I've written it and now I'm speaking it and you're getting it both ways, but I really want you to get it in the way that you most enjoy. And some of you really, really are only in it for the spoken word. And I appreciate that because I love spoken word and I love the company of spoken word. So that's where we are and that's what we're going to do. With that, there was an intro that I want to read and I want to share, and I would have just had this as how I welcomed everyone to the show today, but there's always a different kind of welcome to the show. So I do want to read this. This is not me just flying off the cuff. This is written, and yet I want you to have these images because I want you to hold these images. I want you to think about these images. Not that you're going to run out and do these things, but I like how it makes you feel when you think about them. So we are almost, as I record this, two weeks into November, a gratitude-focused month. And I hope you're thinking about gratitude, looking for gratitude, writing down the thises and thats each day, folding each gratitude or rolling it into a tiny scroll and slipping it into a jar. Or maybe you have the perfect ceramic bowl. Maybe you are folding each one into a crane or into a paper airplane. Maybe you have fortune cookies and you are carefully sliding each slip of paper into a cookie. Maybe you are collaging a wall. Maybe you roll each one between your fingers and into thread that you wind around little spools. Maybe you are learning to spin. These images are somehow comforting, but it is the process of naming gratitude that has meaning. It is the doing It is the awareness. It is the willingness to look. The stack you have at the end isn't what is important. It isn't about the stack. It isn't about the excess. When sprinkled throughout your day, a part of your morning routine or evening wind down, gratitude becomes a simple point of reflection, one that doesn't keep score, doesn't count pages, doesn't depend upon excess. The three or five or seven that I write down in the morning are forgotten by the next time I sit and write a small gratitude list. It's a moment of stopping, 
thinking, writing it down, and moving on. I have no interest in numbering them sequentially. I don't need to know what hundred or thousand this is. Gratitude is not a race. Gratitude is not something to benchmark. Gratitude is not a competition. Gratitude should be something that you put blinders on to the rest of the world and you do you. Because when it becomes something else, something that is about numbers or about volume or quantity or excess or how perfect your gratitude is or whether you can keep up with this person or that, then you've lost the thread. You've lost the meaning. You've lost sight of the why. And it is important to think about the why. A gratitude practice can be a process of nurturing awareness of enough of enough. It's a simplification of thought sometimes, a distilling of time and place. I'm grateful for the green fleece jacket that I pulled on in the morning. I am grateful for a single pair of tennis shoes. I'm grateful for an hour of morning before work. I'm grateful to have seen a raven in the trees. Those are from a different day. Today, it might be that I looked up and saw the hawk in the trees the same hawk that I heard and thought about yesterday. And today, there it was. I don't ever see that hawk there. And I looked up and there it was. It was a confirmation of what I said, what I knew I was hearing. It was right there in just that moment. And I got ready to snap a photo from through the window far away. And I looked up and it was gone. Grateful. I'm grateful today for the rose-colored vest I pulled on. These things are ancient. These things are 20 years old. I am grateful for the things that I love and that are with me and that I have access to and that I use and that give me comfort. And they are oftentimes so very simple. So this week on the Substack, I shared a set of panels. I've done this several weeks in a row now, maybe three, maybe four, I worked all week on these panels. I'm doing these graphic novel type panels digitally and I'm so enjoying it. I find myself working on it throughout the week in odd hours and off hours at night. Yes, some of my other practices are being squeezed a little bit by fitting all this in, but right now it is the thing that is holding everything together and In some ways, it is driving what I end up writing about because I thought I was going to share the October project now that, you know, we're halfway through November. And yet I decided to draw about something else, about the gratitude cloak. And so I let the art lead the way. And that is how this set of things all comes together and holds together. What comes next is a series of vignettes. They're small, they're quiet, some are short, some are a little longer. They're just simple moments and a set of panels. And you would have to go visit the Substack, which is free to see these. So the panels are incorporated. They are one of the 10 vignettes. Number one, I found the peanut butter in the fridge. I was getting something out And I happened to notice the peanut butter without really thinking through what I was seeing. And a few minutes later, it hit me. Did I see the peanut butter in the fridge? 
And evidently I did. Now, it was good that I noticed it, that I even halfway noticed it, because I did need the peanut butter. I was mixing up an oatmeal thing, just sort of throwing things together the way I do because I wanted some kind of baked oatmeal. And I needed the peanut butter, but I hadn't needed it yet. But had I not seen it in the fridge, I would never have found it because I would never have thought to look in the fridge. Number two, a conversation. Would it make you feel better if it was a leaf? Yes. It's not a leaf. Number three. I was driving home from an appointment this week and I saw a bunch of green ahead of me. A mural on a building. One I've never seen before. It's a very green mural. It's intensely green. Exactly the kind of green I love. I was driving home because I had had an appointment and I had been worried about the appointment. I was sort of wrapped up in thinking about how it had gone, hadn't gone the way I expected. And I was approaching a stop sign when I saw this wall of green straight ahead of me. I slowed down. I was fumbling, trying to get my phone unplugged and into camera mode so I could snap a picture before I got to the stop sign because there were cars behind me. You can't just stop and dilly-dally as you take pictures. So I snapped a few pictures before stopping and turning and moving on, driving home. When I pulled them up later, the photos were a bit blurry, which is to be expected. I snap a lot of photos in a similar way, and very rarely are they stunning photos. But I wanted to capture it so I could look at it more closely. The mural is beautiful. And I knew as soon as I saw the green ahead of me that this unexpected mural was my moment of gratitude for the day. I didn't have time to study the mural right then, but I knew, I knew that it was important for me right then. Did I notice the hands and the flowers? Maybe. It's really pretty. I think it was kind of just a domino in a chain, this beautiful moment of awareness. But here's the weird thing. When I pulled it up later, When I pulled up the photo, I noticed within the overall green, there is a parrot. And I talk about these parrots a lot. The wild parrots, they're often the wild parrots of San Francisco. You've heard of them. You might have heard of them. You might have read the book or watched a movie. But there are several flocks and many of us see them. And I talk about them a lot because they have become the symbol for me. I'm sure They're a symbol for many people. I get that. We all latch on to certain things, but I always feel like I see them at certain moments. I hear them. They herald something. They mean something. They signify something. I notice when I hear these parrots that there is a parrot in that mural that I chanced upon after leaving a doctor's appointment. It meant something to me. It meant something even weirder is that if you backtrack an hour, when I parked before the appointment, I was sitting in the car because I was worried. I was worried about the appointment. I was worried about parking. I was worried about my car being stolen. It's not even my car. I don't have a car anymore, right, of my own. So I was worried. I was like, well, is this actually a spot? Maybe it's a driveway that I just don't see. Maybe the grayish color of the paint there means something, even though there's no sign, there are no words. These are things that just make me worry. They make me anxious. They spiral. I have to admit, I am more and more this way. And the news in the city is more and more full of bad things. So it creates 
this kind of worry. So I was worried. I kept telling myself, no, it's fine. This visit will be fine. The car will be fine. Just breathe. Just breathe, which is important because you go in and you don't want to have a blood pressure, right, that's like out the roof. So I sat in the car and I heard parrots. I heard the parrots right then. I heard them overhead. They were close. I was looking, peering out the window, trying to see if I could see them, see them pass overhead. Maybe they were going to land in a tree on one of the streets nearby. Never did find them. I didn't see them. That's so often the case, but I heard them. And I smiled. And then on the way home, I saw the mural, a mural with a parrot. I don't know. These things, they mean something to me. Seeing things like this that I interpret for myself as somehow important and as a sign, that's what it's all about. We should all be looking for these strands of serendipity or synchronicity or symbol in our days. I think it's important. I think it's part of the mystery of life. Number four. Number four is about the graphic novel panels, which appear at this point in the written version. But about them, I wrote, the process of working on the panels for the week is becoming the glue, the unexpected glue. It is like using purple school glue. You see it going down and then it dries, the trail invisible. If you go back and listen to old shows, these panels are about a gratitude cloak. I should say that. Uh, Last week, I wrote about the gratitude cloak. This week, I did the panels about it. So the panels are related. And I've talked about gratitude cloak throughout the years. I often talk about mantles, wearing mantles, gratitude mantles, various kinds of mantles. And it's a pretty big theme for me, actually, sort of tied to some wishful thinking But if you go back through the old shows, you will find that there's tons of gratitude shows anyway. But last year, there is a show called A Gratitude Shield, and that is episode 475. And I didn't go back and listen. I didn't pull up the notes, but I bet you it's related. Number five, I took a quick walk before heading into the library this week. And as I neared the end of the block, I saw a yellow rose bush with a few lingering yellow roses and one single lavender rose right there next to the yellow, this lavender rose, a yellow rose bush with a lavender rose. I thought to myself, how unbelievable, but it appeared to be the case. I looked, I puzzled as I approached it. I thought, okay, how is this? And I kept walking thinking, wow, a purple rose and a yellow bush thinking about hybrids, like, could this be possible? Just puzzling over it a little bit as I walked, getting in that little bit of fresh air before I headed into the library. And then when I came back, turned around and came back down the same street, because, you know, I don't want to go out of sight of my car, because I've got stuff in my car still. So I turned around to come back, and from the backside, I could see there were two stalks. I could tell. So the way the bushes have grown... It looks like that lavender rose is right smack in the middle of the yellow, but there really are two rose bushes. Of course there are, right? That makes sense. From one side, it seems as if the lavender rose has sprung up in the middle of the yellow, a surprise, an act of defiance or hope or whimsy or grace. And it was nice not knowing. It was nice sort of just thinking, wow, that's so unbelievable was nice, knowing 
kind of strips the mystery. Knowing, it's a little bit sad. Knowing just takes away that moment of wonder. I was grateful, though, for the moment. For the moment of whimsy, for the moment of wonder, for seeing that, the yellow and the purple. I'm always grateful for a lavender rose. Number six. I drew a small teddy this week. I drew a few cars. I drew some chunky little figurines. I do have a gratitude piece in progress. And I did show the gratitude pieces from two different years in a recent Substack. It's an additive process that I've done before. And so I am doing it. And I ended up starting over. I changed ink colors. I stayed with a super big size of paper that at first I just thought this is a no way for me. And I ended up sticking with it. I don't know. I didn't find the other two. I just have pictures. I don't know. I can't find certain things. That's, I think I should check the fridge, right? So I drew these things and I'm working on that. And I also drew an origami crane, hands holding a crane, actually, a woman blowing bubbles. Those are both in my illustrated journal, a parrot. I drew a parrot, not a green parrot, because I couldn't find a great picture. But last week, before the doctor's appointment and before the mural and before all of that, I had been thinking about the parrots. And I picked a parrot for our drawing group for one of the prompts that I send out on Sundays. And I couldn't find a great picture of these green parrots that I could easily share or link to. And so instead, I picked a regular parrot, what I term a run-of-the-mill parrot. And I don't think parrots are ever run-of-the-mill, but it's kind of the kind of parrot you expect because I don't think the green ones are what you really think of when you think of a parrot. I tend to think of the red ones, the macaw that you see at the zoo. The one I picked for the group was one of that's like black and blue, dark green, that kind of parrot. Those are beautiful. And that's what I drew in my sketchbook because I had picked that photo and I tend to draw one or two of what I choose. Just ironic though. I drew a parrot, then I see a parrot in a mural. It's just, I don't know. These parrots are something else. I do have a little note about what these parrots are. So just if you're curious, you can look them up. You can look up the wild parrots of San Francisco or the book is called The Wild Parrots of Telegraph Hill. And I have not ever actually read the book, but This quote is from Mark Bittner, who wrote that book, and he identifies these parrots as, quote, the cherry-headed conure, and he's got the real species name there, averages 13 inches in length. It's mostly green with a red head, red epaulets on the shoulders of its wings, and a cream-colored eye ring. The bird is known to ornithologists as the red-masked parakeet. Seven, quote, of course I know what a Mobius strip is. Knitters make Mobius cowls, end quote. There's math and there's knitting. Eight, I walked up the hill and looked at the sun dropping behind the water. And the walk was a lifetime and a lifeline. It isn't the distance, it's the history and the scale. I feel so small standing there, and yet so rooted in my body, so solid, so present in the simple act of walking. Nine, I made baked feta pasta again. It was even better this time. And yes, those leftovers were excellent. I think the leftovers might be the best, might be my favorite. 
I saw a similar recipe with roasted vegetables and ricotta. It definitely seems like something worth a try. This whole baked feta thing is in a Substack post with graphic novel panels. Number 10, there were headlines this week about a hybrid wolf on the loose. And honestly, I had no idea what a hybrid wolf was. I had to go look up what it meant. And I definitely wouldn't want to run up on one while walking on the streets, but I learned something new. One of the books I read, I've been reading the Hilda books. I should talk about that sometime. They were new to me, but one of those really comes to mind here. It's Hilda and the Black Hound. I am the art. The art is me. That's it. There are 10. They're a little bit all over the place, but they can kind of go in any order. They kind of connect in their own ways. For me, it becomes this holistic thing. These 10 things that sit there together and make their own sort of story. I hope that things are going well for you. I do have a set of prompts that I will be sharing in December. I'm still doing Illustrate Your Week and still putting out those weekly prompts. Last year, I did a special December set, though, that I made available to anyone who made a coffee or tip jar donation of some sort. I still have the old ones, and I'll be making those available similarly in some way. They contain a little bit of how-to information. This year, I'm going to have a new set. Very few, if any, overlaps. Maybe just a little bit. I mean, it's December. This is sort of a December Christmas theme set. I do other prompts at the end of the year, and I know not everyone celebrates Christmas in any way. Totally okay. Some of the prompts are neutral, but some of them probably do fall within the Christmas construct. So I always say that because I want to make things as general and open as possible so that people can use them in any way. But I do think the December ones have a little bit more of a Christmas feel to them, although they are definitely about tradition and ritual and memory and December light and softness and thinking and all of that. So I will be making these available. I'll be posting about them again with the request that you consider supporting the Substack or the show in some way. So more about that to come, but I have been working on it. I do want to make those available again. If that's not your thing, totally understand that there still will be the weekly sets throughout December for Illustrate Your Week. And some of the same kinds of things pop up week to week because there are a whole bunch of prompts when you look at it that way. 10 or so a week for Illustrate Your Week. Over a month, that's a lot of different prompts. So that's it. I am Amy, and I thank you for listening. I thank you for listening. And if you also read, I thank you for doing both. I would actually love to know, I would love to hear from you how you take this content in, which is your preference, what you most enjoy, and why, if there's a reason, it may be that you just can't stand to listen to me, or it may be that you can't stand the fact that the posts are so long, and I know I keep trying, and I just, I don't know, I'm so sorry. I think I can talk it way faster probably than anybody could read it. I would love to hear from you. I don't know anymore who's listening, and I only know a few people who read. So, There's a a lack of back and forth. There's a lack sometimes of feedback that lets me know that anyone listens. I see the numbers. I know people listen, but maybe that's just bots. Maybe it's not 
really people. Who knows? So I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website, but typically I just link you through to the Substack from there right now because I am putting most things on the Substack. Long term, that is probably a bad idea, but right now it's what I'm doing. And you can find me on Instagram as oamyoamy. The Substack is illustratedlife.substack.com and you can read without signing up. That's totally fine. Just click, yeah, not now, just looking, whatever it says, and you can read. And you can subscribe for free and read almost everything that way. I am trying to grow the Substack, of course. I think writers are more and more upfront at this point about the fact that we can't do everything for free, that many of us are trying to find ways to use our work to help pay the bills. And I am always really awkward about saying that and awkward about talking about it. And yet there are pretty simple realities. So right now, most things are free. We can say that and that is true, but it's complicated and it does make me feel awkward. It brings up all kinds of feelings about not really being worth it, I guess. But after so many years of everything mostly being free, it's it's hard. It's hard. So anyway, I do hope you'll check out the Substack because I really like writing there. And I really would like to be able to have that be a place where I know I'm being heard and being read and being seen. I am sharing my art. I'm sharing my words. I'm sharing illustrated journaling tips and techniques and prompts and all of that trying not to overwhelm everyone. We did a read-along, and I'd really like to do another one. I would really like to do another read-along with people. I think there are several good options for books we could read and work through together. So I don't know. I still draw on Sundays with people. If you're ever interested in that, you can let me know. I say that all the time, and I've never gotten a taker from saying it. And so, again, maybe everyone is just a bot. Anyway, thank you to those who do support any of these things. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. And until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone. Probably won't be back until after Thanksgiving. Just a guess. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But if I'm not back, have a great Thanksgiving. <laughs>